is Monday, September 26, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. In the book of the evangelist, it says, a man without convictions is a tramp on the road that leads to the land of nowhere. What is conviction? What causes conviction? What is a convict except a prisoner? And so it is there's consequences for our decisions. And we're all convicts underneath a judgment of a culture that's going nowhere, a land without purpose or direction. So a correctional facility is supposed to rehabilitate people, those prisoners. And we've become all prisoners to the path the culture is on. That path makes us a tramp on the road that leads to the land of nowhere. And so our lady comes, instead of making us convicts, she comes to convict us of where we've been going and our path. And this conviction that we allow changes our hearts and changes our souls. That's our lady's words. When I read these messages, I want to be convicted of the crimes that I commit and the path that I have to change, to be rehabilitated. The world is in a whirlpool. You've heard that message many times. Our lady says, I've come to pull it out of this. It's conviction. She wants to parole us. She wants to let us out. She wants to free us. And we know the truth will set you free. How do we know that? Because the Bible says that. Why does the Bible says that? Because God says that. And so she's come to teach us about who really God is, who really her son is. So her lessons for us are very profound. And so she held school yesterday. And that message was a message given for the purpose us to graduate, to be convicted, change, to increase our capacity, to learn more about the spiritual life, and to be better. But if we fail the grade, we already have in our classroom with a lady, 
what Jesus established, that we can always go and confess if we have a repentant heart and a desire to change our heart, which comes back full circle again, to change your heart, being repentant, is because something convicts you. And that's what Our Lady gave on the 25th, 2016, a message that seems very simple, very shallow, which is just the opposite of the two words. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's September 25th, 2016 monthly message to the world. Dear children, today I am calling you to prayer. May prayer be life to you. Only in this way will your heart be filled with peace and joy. God will be near you, and you will feel him in your heart as a friend. You will speak with him as with someone whom you know. And, little children, you will have a need to witness, because Jesus will be in your heart, and you united in him. I am with you, and love all of you with my motherly love. Thank you for having responded to my call. Why do so many people have no peace? Why is it that so many people have no joy? Ask yourself the question and be honest. Evaluate your heart. Do you have peace? Can you honestly say, I have peace? Do you have joy? Can you honestly say, I have joy? Our Lady tells us today how to get peace, how to receive joy. We can say physically, factually, spiritually, truthfully, you cannot have peace. You cannot have joy with that prayer. And so we skip over these lines or these things. L.A. says, okay, yeah, it's nice. She just told us. May prayer be life to you. Only in this way will your heart be filled with peace and joy. It's that simple. It's not a complex thing to do. Why do we need this? Because the human heart yearns for peace. It desires constantly that walk and tries to find it and its joys in materialism, in the ways of the world, in things that are not permissible by the commandments, and in a way of life that's offered to us is very deceptive because actually we have people in our culture today and around the world compared to cultures of the past, the barbarians and how ruthless and how bad wars were, how vicious things were, doing things so seemingly that doesn't seem so bad, and yet it is. We hear about the Bible. We see what it says. Don't practice idolatry. What is idolatry? It's adultery, adultery against God. Idolatry, adultery is really the same thing. That adultery is against God. And so we have many things in our material world today our preoccupations, all these things people have, all the electronics. You heard us talk about this repeatedly about cell phones, the infatuation of this communication. 
most wholly and completely unnecessary that really is not just a form of idolatry, it is idolatry. If people would just hold their rosary, carry it in their hands. At least said that. You walk down the street, you see everybody carrying a cell phone or it's in the back pocket. It's right there on them constantly. You see them and you see that more than they do the sunglasses. And a lot of people wear sunglasses. We was walking the streets of France and I had my rosary in my hand and I began to notice the French people because they, they have a, a disdain for Catholicism. They've turned so much against God. And yes, there's a reverse there. Yes, there's people out there going back away from that abandonment of God. And the terrorism helps that. Many other factors. Medjugorje helps it. All these things are working toward bringing people back to God. But three years ago, so I was walking, four years ago perhaps, down the streets, and when they spotted my rosary in my hand, they would pass me looking down at my hand and they wouldn't take their eyes off of it because it's such a strange sight to see in Paris. If you have your faith, you don't wear it publicly like that. You say, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe it's show off. No, Our Lady gave a message, carry the rosary in your hand as a sign to Satan. Where is Satan? Every one of those people who is staring at that. You say, I'm calling them Satan. No, the influence of Satan is in them. And they're, conviction or their adversity, either way they're on it, whether they were convicted or they felt adverse to that, it troubled them. And you can see it. I was amazed at this. And so we're supposed to be carrying it. We're supposed to have a rosary in hand. If you're out shopping in a mall, are you carrying your rosary in your hand? Oh, that's embarrassing. We shouldn't be doing that. You should be embarrassed and put yourself as Jesus was watching you. I already just gave that message. September 2nd, 2016. My son is looking at you. Pray that you also may see his face. In other words, you want to look up in the mall and you want to see his face. That he may be revealed to you. He's the real truth, she goes on to say. So you can carry that stupid cell phone around. You can be playing with it. You can be looking at it every time you turn around and you won't carry a rosary in your hand. Shame on you. If you want to carry it around, put it in the left hand then, your rosary. Everywhere you go, let people see it. You don't know out of 2,000 people at a mall that may pass you, which one may be convicted. Or, hey, my grandmother used to say that. Or, what is that thing about? What are they carrying that? Can you imagine if we picked one day and we say, okay, this day in the future, two months from now, we're all across the world is going to, or just the United States or across your county or whatever. Well, put the rosary and carry it in hand. They do things like this all the time for different reasons. They wear, they put the pink ribbon on, on that for breast cancer. They do all these things and you, you can't do that. When you had the mother of God say, thank you for responding to my call. Are you doing that in public with your rosary? Yes. Don't do it for show. Do it as a reminder as, as you're shopping or what your necessities that you are doing, what's out of necessity and not out of excess. Of materialism. And I see people here, even in the United States, will stare at the rosary. It's not like what I saw in France, but they're wondering what that is, or they see it. And you don't know how many people may have been raised praying the rosary that left it, that that one sight 
to the darkness in them, a sign of Satan, because Satan is everywhere, and a lot of people have aspects of, of darkness, and that darkness can be convicted for those who are in the land going nowhere. So I always thought that was an amazing thing that Lady says, that the rosary always be in your hand as a sign to Satan that you belong to me. So where is Satan? Do you think he's going to come out of hell with the tail and a pitchfork and stand on the sidewalk and say, oh, she's got that rosary in her hand or he's doing this. No, you, you're working on a construction site. You're at work, you're carrying it around. People will ask, start asking you. You don't want to be fanatical and act like, like, oh, this is, and start over explaining it. But if you're going to lunch, you're sitting in the corner, wherever you are, say a rosary. We do this at the airports. We do it wherever, wherever we are as a community. We're not embarrassed by this. And it convicts people. So the people that's going nowhere, what are you doing to convict them? This message is an amazing message. I'm not speaking about what we have received on the September 25th message, but those words. Have the rosary in your hand as a sign to Satan that you belong to me. So Satan's everywhere. He's messing with people's minds. They look at this cell phone. They're being manipulated in a positive consolation of a negative act of idolatry, adultery against God. And so we have this happening everywhere with us. And we're following the culture. Where, where are you counterculture? What are you doing opposite of the culture? People think the way they dress and the way they act that I'm not following everybody else. When you're following the fads, you're following the fashion, you're following the way of the culture, how they operate, what they speak, what they do. This is not following Christ. You're not convicting anyone by being everybody else. It amazes me how people, they come up with this or a new type of hairdo or whatever comes along and everybody wants that. We're to go counter to that. Because we got a place we're going and you're not going to go to heaven by following the path that our lady has come to convict that is not being convicted that will follow. So if you're not going to go through conviction, if you're not going to accept that conviction and you continue to follow what's happening, what's it going to be like when you die? Everybody wants to die rich, right up to the point. We've talked about people before. They're going to give up all the money right when they die. They're going to give it to all these charities. What are you doing before that? Maybe they're charitable. But God wants more than that. He wants your heart. He wants your soul to be living that in this life, not afterwards. And so you say, well, I'll give up the cell phone one day. And when I say cell phones, I mean a lot of preoccupation with electronics, entertainment, pleasure, uh, over over vacationing, going somewhere all the time. What, could, what, what are you going to do when you're dead and you stand before Christ and you're at the river every weekend and every night you're entertaining yourself and then the other nights you had to go to bed early because you were exhausted from all the entertainment. We're too preoccupied with the world and it's not going to be a happy time for you. And once you're in that funeral procession and you see that, and you didn't make the grade, or you're going to be in purgatory for, for a thousand years, you're not going to be that happy. I may not have that much. 
But I don't mind spreading it around Everybody chasing something I don't know why they're running I take my time to the finish line Cause we all end up with nothing I don't know why, no why Everybody wanna die rich Diamonds, champagne Work your way down that list We try, everybody tries Tries to fit it into that ditch with a trailer hitch. Started my day giving away all of my baseball cards. It felt so good by the afternoon. I gave some guy my car. It ain't about what you're driving or about the gold you're piling. The less I have to worry about, the more time I got for smiling. I don't know why, no why. Everybody wanna die rich Champagne, new plane Work your way down that list We try, everybody tries Tries to feed it into that ditch You can't take it with you when you go Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch song should be a cause to reflect on what you're chasing and what you're doing in life. Are you really happy? Is it bringing you joy? Is it bringing you peace? Everything we have for decades has been taking us away from peace, from sports to money to marriage to politics to economies. Everything is taking us a different direction. Be honest with yourself and evaluate where you're headed and what you're facing in your judgment. Ali's messages are for the purpose that we see this. Who do you follow? What do you look after? She said on October 25th, 2015, little children decide also today for holiness and take the examples of the saints of this time. This time is a very important insert. She didn't say saints. She says the saints of this time. And you will see that holiness is a reality for all of you. And in other words, the saints of the medieval ages, of 300 AD, may be difficult to imitate them because they're in a different time. Our time is a time that our lady has come and claimed 
amazingly parallel in a modern time. She didn't come in the ancient time, the way Christ lived and the way he was living a thousand AD and the way man lived up to the 14th, 15th centuries and inventions started coming. And then we got the super advancement of civilization through electronics that's happening. And she comes in 1981. In that moment, do you realize when Our Lady appeared, there was no fax machines? They had not been invented. Why is that strange? Because I remember extraordinarily difficult in 85, 86, 87 to get the message on the 25th when she started in 87 out of the Thursday messages before that time. I'd be up sometimes three, four hours in the middle of the night trying to get through. One landline to Medjugorje. When the fax machine came along, probably around 88, I remember hearing about that on the radio, on the news. And I didn't even have a concept, even when they explained it, how are you going to get a letter through your telephone line printed out? So now it's hard to understand how you wouldn't understand because we know so much about the electronic world. But we came from a primitive age as far as the, the pre-age of electronics, even though we'd already been to the moon, we already had these things, but it was an amazing thing. And the fax machines wasn't taken over by one company. They exploded on the scene. It was an explosion, just like a Saturn rocket being fired to the moon. And it was an amazing thing. And we began to able to get messages quicker. But Our Lady, the timing is what I'm bringing this up for. Our Lady came pre-electronic age, per se, of the explosion where it would be completely taken over our minds and occupy what we do and dictate throughout the day. At that point, it wasn't doing that. Our Lady, if she decided to come September 25th, 2016, she would not reach us right now. Because I've seen and I've witnessed Medjugorje people who's been in this for a long, long time are completely saturated with their electronics and cell phones. Again, I'm saying cell phones with the whole gamut, meaning everything with this. They want to do everything through this and with it. And so the witness is not something strictly through their way they live. It's only the promotion through the way the cultural is. And that's empty. That doesn't convict anybody. If you're going counterculture, if you're not using these things, they see something in your life, they won't imitate that. There's just been a study done that most youth are feeling like when this, when some circumstance came up when they were away from the cell phones that they were asked what their sentiments were and they said they were happy. And they're so glued to these things and it doesn't make them happy. Why? Because there's no prayers. It's replaced by time being wasted and uselessly used. And so where there's no prayer, there's no peace. Where there's no prayer, there's no joy. It blocks that out. That's the real danger of that. And that also will make you weaker. That also will make you not be able to have Jesus as a friend. Your friend, ask yourself, is your friend Jesus a better friend than your cell phone? Especially the youth ask you that or your entertainment, or your sports. Who's first? Who brings you more delight? 
Yes, Jesus is peace and joy and a different kind of delight. Sports is a different kind of delight. It's time to be honest. It's time to sit there and look in the world and take the example of the saints of this time. And you will see that holiness is a reality for all of you. People don't know how they could live without these electronics or the way or the entertainment or constantly going or looking for the next thrill. But we have the means. We just had a wedding here, my son Joseph and Rachel, his wife now. And the people who came here were not all community caritas oriented because Rachel became Catholic. Of course, any girls or boys of my children date, they know they better become Catholic. They get that message. I know one of my sons had three or four girls just dating become Catholic. But this is something that we, we live our faith and we live it so strongly. And actually, they, they've admitted they want it. Are you giving people that come to your home want that? We had some people who were vendors and different people who came to this wedding. They were very convicted, left very, very deeply moved, spending two days here. Some people who were very high profile, very famous, very known. And they wasn't even necessarily familiar with this mission. On Rachel's side, she has a whole Protestant family. And so they thought it might be difficult to sit through an hour and a half wedding because our Mass and the wedding ceremony is different. Joseph and Rachel made their own cross. It's something we've been doing for all the marriages through here. But it was so peaceful. And even the priest said that he enjoyed this very much. It was different. It wasn't a typical wedding. It was filled with peace. It was filled with something beautiful. And it was a contradiction to all the weddings everybody else had been to because they'd never seen it done this way. And this wasn't even a fully community in the community because Joseph's out and working in the world. But he, there were many things adopted from our mission and what our lady shown us. And we had people, one after another, come up and say that they felt rested here, they felt peace here, and they wanted to know more. Some of them weren't even churchgoers. So there's conviction there. And they're, they're, they see there's something happening here, the way we have joy in our life, while we have peace in our life, and though we may be walking sometimes even like dogs all night long, and in preparation for this, we had several things we had to accomplish with the mission, with the wedding, with the outside of here, that, that demanded of us going in this for about the last two weeks to get everything done, not just for that, but just things we've been needing to do for, for months. It gave us opportunity to have a go. And our peace and our joy is still with us. Yes, we're exhausted. Yes, we're tired from that. But there's something with that, and giving your life for others and serving others that brings peace and brings joy. And the world can't offer you that. And you're missing it by following it the wrong way. Uh, one of the lines in this message that really struck me was the line that says, may prayer be life to you, because that is a message that Our Lady has given to a friend of Medjugorje when uh, Maria first came in 1988. And so doing a little research, uh, we found that the only time Our Lady said these words were when she was here in 1988-89, and it was the two messages, the very first message she gave, um, which was on November 20th, 1988, where she said, may your life be prayer, 
May your work be offered as a prayer, and may everything that you do bring you towards me. Let everything that you do and everybody that you meet be in an encounter with God. And then she also ended the very last message during that time that she was with us, January 26, 1989. She said, Dear children, I desire your lives become prayer. And finding that this was the only other time that Our Lady has ever said this in all the years, and it was the first time, the first message she gave when she was here in 1988, and the last message she gave as she left in 1989. And throughout the other messages that she gave, it was all uh, instructions to a friend of Medjugorje when she was asking to begin a community and uh, the different things that were going to be necessary, uh, and then a far re- further reaching for everyone else who would read these messages and put them into practice. Um, so I just found it very interesting and wanted to hear what your comments may be that Our Lady said this in here, which for me confirmed saying, may prayer be life to you, confirmed what she began with you in 1988-89 at the same time where she called uh, for a community to be established. You looked up all the messages and saw that she never said prayer, may your life be prayer. That was one of the most amazing things to me when our lady first came. She didn't say a message the first day. The second day she came and said in the first message exactly what you said. May your life be prayer. May your work be offered as a prayer. And Medjugorje at the same time before that, she was saying that your work is your basically your God. May your work be offered as a prayer. Did you catch that? It didn't say. May your work be offered as prayer. She says, may your work be offered as a prayer. To offer your work as a prayer means your work is prayer. She didn't say, may your work be offered as prayer. She's replacing your work. It's to be holy. May your work be offered as a prayer. And may everything that you do bring you toward me. Our work here. Involves so many vendors. I had one guy just got off the elevator today in the building. He said, I'm looking for your son, Tony. He greeted me. We knew him before. He's a rock mason. He said, that every, anytime I get so, we got work out here to do. I'll come and see him. He's Jewish. He's a practicing Jew. He's been convicted here several times. And he's actually come here and helped us and give us very much discounted prices to work. Because he's convicted. Because are working with him, not praying with him, not how you have to go to the field right here because we're paying you to do that, come over down there. We don't do that. He's seen us work. Our lady consecrated this place because she knew she was going to carve something out of the woods, out of the forest, out of the pastures, and rise up a building like the tabernacle of Our Lady's messages and the witness of the community based on what she showed me when she asked me, through Maria, you be a witness in essence, to attain what your desire is. And that's a great responsibility to be told by the Virgin Mary to me, through Maria, not with words, but rather through prayer, will you attain what your desire is? This is a powerful statement. And I was amazed at that. I mean, whatever my desire is, she's going to give special attention to the prayer. 
I don't see it as something special for me. I see the physical reality that is manifested out of a cow pasture that it is a reality. And I'm amazed at it. I'm surprised at it. And so Our Lady wants to do the same thing with you. That's what our message said yesterday, that you pray and be filled with peace. We have peace what this place is about. We have joy in it. And we feel the nearness of Jesus as our friend. You can have these things. It may amaze you once you start walking on that path. It's not something reserved for us. We are privileged that we've had instructions directly from the Virgin Mary through her three months of here starting the foundation and continue through all these years. Maria even looks at this place with great admiration. Anytime we go anywhere, she's always bragging about this place because it's the only place outside of Medjugorje that manifested physically a way of life in a special way, a witness, a witness that convicts people. We don't even have to do anything other than when people come here, just live what we live because I patterned my family's life on the message. I formed my place as Medjugorje. When people said, I want to live in Medjugorje, I want to stay there back in 86, 87, I said, no, you're to go back home and make your home Medjugorje. That's what I did. The first thing I did, we had stations across in the woods below our house. We changed our life. Ruth is taking in place for Joan because she flew the chicken coop today. She's headed toward Medjugorje. Ruth just got back out of being there six months. But she came up to me after visiting here, after being on a pilgrimage with us in Missouri, and she said, I think I'm filled called to come here and live. What'd you say? You know where we're standing. Yeah. On the asphalt between the gift shop and the, and the Caritas house at that time. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I said that I felt very called that I'm supposed to come and move here. And what did I say to you? Uh, you said that if I wanted to move here, I needed to be able to live the life that you have started, the, the prayer, and um, and basically come and live what Our Lady's already begun here. And then how did I respond to that after that? I don't, you, you remember that? <laughs> I, don't remember. I said I said to you that you know it's not going to be easy, and I'm not going to oh. be easy on you. Yes, that's true. And you said you said I already know that. So you've been enough to know that we weren't compromising, we weren't stopping, we weren't doing it. We're going to range sign, whatever, in prayer. And the hard work with that. And so the community didn't come and invent a new way of life. Our Lady had already patterned it for actually five or six, almost six years before the community started, maybe, or four years. And that was already given. The, the way was given. We honed it, shined it up, we improved it. But Our Lady deposited something here that we had before. So your witness, you have to live that. You don't have to create a bunch of rules. In fact, when the bishop says, I want you to write down your rule, I said, Bishop, we don't have a rule. He said, I want you to write down what you live. I said, we don't live by the rule. We live by a way of life. He says, I want you to write down the rule. It's the best thing that ever happened to us because I never wrote it down. I didn't want to because I didn't want a legal system of words that we followed. What it gave birth to is extended community. We have people across the United States and even some other countries that are extended community members because of the road that the bishop called for me to write. He said, write it on one sheet of paper. It took me a whole book to write it. 
Because, and I write in the beginning, Bishop, I know you asked for this. I can't put it in one page of explanation. And so I beg your pardon. What comes out is a way of life. We don't live by rule. So I told him that. And actually the rule is named a way of life in a new time. Because our lady's doing something never before by the Dominicans or the Franciscans and all the previous orders and closer comment. All this, all this is different now. How many people are attracted to go live in a cloister convent with the way we live now? And even the internet inside the cloister convent, which unclosters it really because it brings the world to them. I know a priest in Medjugorje is very much promoting Medjugorje. And he said that they don't have community with the priest anymore. And what destroyed it was the den and the rectory centered on the TV. He said, we don't have any collegiate fraternity anymore. It's gone. None of them sit there and socialize with each other. And used to be, he said, their best friends were other priests. And now they don't have any friends. And now they don't talk to each other. So we see where this has brought us to. And so nobody's convicting nobody because they're going in nowhere land every day. And the only way to do that is live your life. If you live what they're saying, you're going to attract other people. And you'll be surprised when they come to you out of the blue and say, they start talking to you about things. There's people who's just here, opened up to me about things that are not Catholic, simply because they believe what they see. And some of them didn't even want to come here. They felt the obligation to. They're not Catholic. They weren't, maybe some of them even wouldn't go to church. But they were convicted. I said something to some, one person said, uh, yeah, you have to see the place to believe it. And they responded, no, you have to feel the place to believe it. Amazing thing. So you can be just sitting on a park bench somewhere by what you're living and what you're doing. And you'll convict if you're living the way. Got to give the grace for it. I sat down beside the old man we were waiting for the choir to begin And that's when he noticed The book that I was holding in my hand The cover was all faded There was duct tape going up and down the spine Dated 1939 So the old man softly whispered, could you tell me about that book you're holding there? So I turned to him and said, mister, this is from a cross I had to bear. You see, I never met my grandpa, but he's the reason that I'm here today. I went on to say I took this duct tape Bible To fight someone else's battle 
somewhere in the Gulf in 1993. When I came home, I was a hero, right up until ground zero. I thought somehow that we could all be free. They decorated me for bravery, but I believe I know what saved me. This duct tape Bible grandpa left behind. Could have been part of my life When the service was all over, we sat there just like two old friends might do. And I leaned over and I asked him, I guess you must have served in World War II. He just stared out in the distance, then he gently placed his hand upon my book. With a trembling look He said I took this duct tape Bible To fight someone else's battle On a foreign soil in 1943 When I came home my life was shattered I lost my way and all that mattered Somehow the war just got the best of me I lost every ounce of bravery the only thing that saved me was this duct tape Bible you've got in your hand. Son, I think you know now who I am. I actually went to Medjugorje for the first time in 1989 with Caritas and was blessed to have a friend of Medjugorje as the uh, spiritual director of the pilgrimage. And I was a school teacher. Uh, I went through four years of college. Uh, I was walking uh, a certain path, but it was not any way uh, uh, convicting me to go to a higher level or to live my faith in any way but habitual Catholic that so many of us had become. It wasn't until I started getting on the mailing list, getting the newsletters, hearing the messages, uh, reading about the messages through the understanding that the Holy Spirit and Our Lady had given a friend of Medjugorje that my heart started changing. And then going on pilgrimage was a life-changing experience that brought me nine months later to Caritas, uh, to try and live Our Lady's messages uh, through the witness of a friend of Medjugorje first in a much stronger way. And just being in Medjugorje for over six months, being uh, at the mission house, seeing how people are touched, are changed in such a strong way 
And it's not through uh, anything more real than the messages. And they could be following Medjugorje for 5, 10, 15 years, but walk into the mission house for the first time, pick up a booklet, go back to their uh, hotel and read it and come back the next day in tears saying they never understood this, that the power behind these words, what Our Lady is here for, uh, they never understood it and might never have if they hadn't walked in and picked up a, a book or a short book from a friend of Medjugorje. And in reading this and being so freshly back from Medjugorje and those experiences and seeing this message today, it kind of brought me through uh, an understanding of where Our Lady has been bringing or bringing it more to light a friend of Medjugorje because the first time Our Lady ever gave him a message was October 6, 1986, where she said, Pray and by your life witness, not with words, but rather through prayer will you attain what your desire is. Therefore, pray more and live in humility. And he began to do that. He began to pray. He began to really take to heart what Our Lady was saying, going more and more into the messages. And then when Our Lady began to open up the door to her plans and she came here to um, to to be with a friend of Medjugorje and his family because the community was not in existence at that time, even though a friend of Medjugorje was living community in his in his family, he understood that what Our Lady was calling him to do. He gave Our Lady his family in whatever ways she needed it. Then she gave messages every day in his home. The first one, as was said earlier. Uh, let your life be prayer. And through that direction, he did that more and more, placing prayer into his life in a much stronger degree, uh, growing more in an understanding of her messages, living in that humility. And even though he was asked to speak about the messages or to go out, he did not feel that that was something Our Lady was calling him to do because he took to heart so much that October 6, 1986 message. But then he happened to be with Maria by himself in an apparition in Italy, May 31st, 1995. And Our Lady gave a message out of the blue on that day that Maria said later was for a friend of Medjugorje, his family, and the community. And that message was, little children, I desire that through your lives you are witnesses that you are my extended hands, my instruments. Get as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to God, to a way of salvation. And I remember when a friend of Medjugorje, a friend of Medjugorje called in and he shared with the community that message that he felt a burning desire that it was now time for him to go out. And to speak that Our Lady had brought him through that time of preparation and prayer in studying the messages and living the messages and learning from that, that now she was bringing him to the next level of being a witness through, the, her li through his life, the lives of the community, and to be able to speak about that. 
And so in the message, the message today, Our Lady says at a certain point in it that you will have a need to witness because Jesus will be in your heart and you united in him. So I'm going to ask a friend of Medjugorje to maybe share some of his thoughts or his feelings as far as what you felt when you've got that message, May 31st, 1995, that put that fire in you to begin to take a higher step in spreading Our Lady's messages. I can say it was a convicting and a pivotal point in my spiritual walk with Our Lady because I had been passive to that point because I felt that Our Lady says, be humble, be quiet. It's not with words will you attain what your desire is. It's by your witness and through prayer. And I took that to heart. And even today, while many people come up and say, I read this or I got convicted or I was headed to hell, I read this book, How to Change Your Husband, and anything that, that is convicted, that's not where the power is. The power is that we have to put into our life what those words are. They're only the transmission of what we've lived here in community. What Our Lady showed me in the early years of the 1980s and in the early years of not, into the 1990s that we apply to our life. And Our Lady saying this today, may your life be prayer, not realizing until you just said it a few moments ago, that this is the first time Our Lady said that, outside of what November 20th, 1988, Our Lady said, the first words she breathed in this valley was, may your life be prayer. We went three months of apparitions, beautiful things. Every single day, Our Lady was very, very happy. I can now look at that for several interpretations and reasons that I know why she did that. One of the major reasons is because she began a new plan. Our Lady said, I have many plans. I need you to collaborate with me. She said, also, I will collaborate with you. That's two separate messages. So she gave, you collaborate with me. And then another message later, she says, I will collaborate with you. And so Our Lady has these plans and what she did and what she said. And that first word is, may your life be prayer. We were amazed after this whole Three months of establishing something, appearing every day, giving many signs, many conversions, changing people's eternity through conviction. She ends on our last apparition of January 26th, the same words. I desire that your lives become prayer. So now we see the significance of this place. She opened it with the first words and she ended it with the same words. And today she says this. So prayer is everything. You don't have prayer in your life, you don't have peace. You don't have prayer in your life, no joy. And this is what I said earlier in in this program. It's a fact. Because if you believe in the apparitions, and they're proven scientifically, and we believe it by faith, not by science, then you have to apply this, that I won't have these joys and, and peace without prayer. So the significance of this 1995 message, I went from passive to proactive. And I'd been reading about St. Paul when he went through his conversion. He did nothing except learn how to be a Christian for eight years. That was about eight years from October 6th, 86 to 95. And that's what struck me. That's the first thing I thought about in Maria's house when it was only her and I, and she got this message. And she said, 
This is for you, your family, and your community. And immediately what came to my heart was St. Paul was quiet. He was passive for eight years. Why? Because he didn't walk with Jesus. I wasn't there in the beginning four years, five years of the apparitions. And I had to learn what it meant and discover those things about the messages, which nobody was telling me. Nobody was showing me that these messages were of great significance. Even the visionaries, they didn't put the emphasis on it because their spiritual direction, even from the rector, was, you know, don't make a big deal. I heard many times in those days, which confused me because I've started feeling in my heart something different, and I was getting contradicted in the homilies, even by the Franciscans saying, I was just repeating the gospel. There's nothing new here. We need to think about eternity and convert. And then I say, I'm going to give messages as never before in the history of the world since this very beginning. What does that say? I'm going to give messages as never in history. That's one thing. Then as never before. Second thing. And then she has, since the beginning, Why'd she triple emphasize that message except she meant that? And so I remember going through a conflict of what I'm hearing from the pulpit to what she was saying. And I decided where was my faith? Where did I believe? Who did I believe in? But see, there was politics. Always is around Medjugorje. Always is around any kind of apparitions of Our Lady. Let's don't get too excited. Let's be calm. Let's say, let's say quote, in St. James Church, don't pay any attention to the visionaries. You have to realize they're only a telephone. They just transmit the words of a lady. Really, from, and from now on, what we will do, we will follow the sacramentals of the church. Then why did our lady come if we're really following and putting to life the sacramentals of the church? Except we forgot how to practice those. Our lady saw the scandal. She saw the things. She saw the weaknesses in the church. And I knew by that time when that was announced, hey, there's something wrong here. We're not just following the church, which we should do, but we're following a way that those in running the church and the membership got off base. And so when she gave that 95 message about you go out and get hearts, G-E-T, the biggest message word in that was get, get hearts. I was amazed at that word. And I remember asking Maria's husband, Paolo, when he came in, because he was he speaks good English and, and Italian and Croatian. I said, did I say a way of salvation or get hearts to the way of salvation? Because that's two big different things. So she said, get, that was really important. And she said, way. Because we were living a certain way. I'd already wrote, I see far, how to change a husband. We already had the principles of the messages. I already saw in conflict of what I was hearing in Missouri about the messages. They're extraordinary. The August 2nd, 1981, a great battle is about to unfold between my son and Satan, human souls are at stake. Nobody was talking about these messages. Nobody was looking at the messages. They were passing the messages off. I was there when they were being translated back in 87, 88, and sometimes on the step, and they were so flippant the way they looked at the messages. I won't say names, but I was disgusted by it. And I'm talking about priests, because they didn't get it. There are other churches, the churches, the church, the church, the church. Our lady's here because the church, the church, the church, to tell you what the church really is. We've lost the way. We are weak. We just talked about Visca in Paris two years ago saying the church is sick. 
Where did she say it? She said in Jerusalem, Tavisca in apparition, where the church was born. Think about that. The Holy Virgin Mary, if you believe in these apparitions, or science proves them to you and you go by not so much faith, but that either way, it's like going to what the church teaches. You can go to heaven by love of God or you can go to heaven by the fear of hell. If you need the scientific, okay, so be it. If you have faith, so be it. But you have to accept the fact that in Jerusalem, the birthplace of the church, where Jesus Christ died, where the Holy Spirit came down, where Pentecost was, where the church grew and was persecuted, she comes there after 33 years or 34 years of apparitions two years ago and says, the heart of the church is sick. She didn't say the church is sick. She said the heart of the church is sick. That should give us Reason to pause. Like, whoa, whoa. Do you think maybe that's why she says, you need your shepherds? That's who my son chose. But you are my apostles. Why does she counter that? Not in an adverse way, but in a segregation way. We are segregated. We are apostles. We've been risen up for a purpose to convict the world because it's not coming from the heart of the church or the puppets or the hierarchy. You can have all the youth festivals you want. You can have all the gatherings you want. Where are people really changing their life? They may be excited. They may be infused for a few days. But where is people changing the direction of their life except on a geographic spot, a little tiny, tiny part of the earth where our lady says, of all the places the Almighty has sent me, this is my favorite place. Because why? Because we've waited for 2,000 years for her to come, her time to act. In this moment, and you think you shouldn't be convicted, or you can pass this off, or you can be so-so into it. No, you throw yourself 100% into it. I was in conflict because I know Jesus redeemed me, and I didn't understand for a long time what Our Lady was doing, and it came to me in prayer. I didn't read it in a book. And I realized Jesus redeemed me. Our Lady saved me. It took me 30 plus years to understand that. That simple statement. Jesus has redeemed you. But we don't understand what that redemption means. It has to be acted on. And we don't even realize we haven't done that. Because the heart of the church is very sick. And now he's here to come to save us and save the church. Very profound. Very powerful. Let me be clear to you. The rebirth, the springtime for the church, the new Pentecost will come through you peasants. That's what I am. But one thing I do know, I'm an apostle. Because I named it that way? No, because Our Lady said it. You are my apostles of revelation. Add the number 12 behind that. The woman clothed of the sun, the moon underneath her feet, 12 stars about her head. To do what? To come here and do battle with the dragon. How? 
A great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. You don't think this is Revelations chapter 12? You don't think you're the apostle for that, following Our Lady? You don't think you're going to be the one to change the world? We had a guy here, Pat Pirelli, the greatest horse trainer in natural horsemanship in the world, was just here at the wedding. And he's so moved by a little, so little contact with this place, so convicted by it, that he got up and said, I know there are many people who want to change the world. But there's very few people who want to change the world for good. What does that mean? The banking system wants to change the world. The globalists wants to change the world. All these politicians want to change the world. Different governments, different people. The left wants to change the world. Communists wants to change the world. Good people want to change the world for the environment. But who wants to change it for the better? What he was pointing out is he saw that here. He saw what was established here. And he understood that that doesn't exist anywhere he's been. Do you realize who you are? Do you realize what our lady's here for? She wants you to speak to her. She's here that you learn how to speak to her, teach her, talk to her. Listen to me, she says. I want you in a special way. What does that mean? It means when you learn how to speak to her, she's really teaching you how to speak to Jesus. She's come as a mother, someone you can open your heart to, the woman, the woman with the woman's heart. The mother, the woman of revelations, and saying to you, you are my apostle. An amazing thing. You must reflect. You must grasp who you are. And you must become who you're called to be. And you'll learn that. And that light that comes from her that evaporates all the shadows is her desire to teach you. Night comes like it always does But the shadows are longer this time And I know as I let it go For a minute everything was alright I'm just lying here tonight Just trying to hold on
just trying to understand Parkhurst wrote something that shows when you cannot find your way to God, he'll find his way to you. He wrote, we do not have to go to the universe to prove the existence of God from design. We do not have to dig down in the bowels of the earth nor go up to the stars for proofs of the divine existence. He is not far from every one of us. As Paul says, in him we move and have our being. And as Tennyson says, closer is he than breathing and nearer than hands and feet. God is here. We don't experience this because we've adopted the imprint of the culture. But you can't get away from God. He continues, he says, There is no escape in him. Man is under moral law as well as physical. And if he violates the one code or the other, the penalty will in each case be inflicted. I put my hand in the fire and feel physical pain. That is proof that I have a physical system. I perform a bad action and I feel the sting of conscience. The pangs of remorse. That is equally a proof that I have a moral nature. Who made the act? I did. Who made the pain? Someone, not myself, whom I call God. And that is, in essence, why Our Lady calls us to be a friend of Jesus. Reflect on these words. 
This beautiful message today seems simple. It is not. We've just spoken over an hour about this. You need hours and days and months and the rest of your life to look at this message and all her messages. They're transcendent all the way into eternity because there's truth in them. And we know Our Lady has told us God is truth. He exists. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night.